The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Nathan. And this is Charlie. And welcome to episode 100. Wow. That was awesome. So uh, we're so excited for you to join us. And uh, for this special 100th episode, we wanted to do something really special. We want to um, honor those who are giving their lives for the gospel worldwide uh, with a special episode about the word martyr, martyrdom, this concept. And uh, we are working with various people around the world in unreached areas trying to launch movements of kingdom laborers in places where there's been zero gospel presence. And uh, right now we're working with a guy in the Middle East somewhere. Uh, he was a Muslim and a Muslim teacher even, an imam, leading others in the ways of Muhammad and Allah and the Quran, and he met a follower of Jesus who gave him a Bible and told him the gospel. And for whatever reason, this guy decided that he would begin to read this Bible. And this strong Muslim in a strong Muslim nation, 99% Muslim nation, began reading the scriptures, and he later confessed that he felt a power and energy when he read the Bible. Imagine that, hmm. the inspired, God-breathed words of God. And so he felt this power and energy and decided that that must be the true path. So he gave his life to Jesus, turned from Islam. And when that happened, man, he risked his entire life. He could have been killed for that. Um, his community beat him horrendously. They kicked his teeth in and his family left him. His wife and his kids left him because of this decision, and he was put in prison for three years. After the three years, he was let out of prison, and somehow, by God's grace, by a miracle, his family returned to him, and they all gave their lives to Jesus, and they fled this region to get away from all the people that knew them and went to another region, and they continued to give their lives for the gospel. This guy has shared Jesus with hundreds of Muslims, seeing Muslims give their lives to Christ and be radically transformed, but he continues to suffer. Mm. Uh, his family continues to suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus. Um, if you're found out to be a believer in these places, a lot of times it means persecution like he's received, and other times you can't get a job. Uh, they won't ever hire you if they find out you have anything yeah. to do with Christianity. And so his wife and his kids actually work long days, long hours in the fields trying to make ends meet for their family. Of course, he's working hard as well. And what a man of God who has given his life for the gospel. In fact, even now as we speak, his heart is ready. His life is ready. They're ready to pick up and move to a particular region where there are zero Christians so that they can be a witness for the gospel. It's crazy. We often think of this reality of martyrdom as something that only happened hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago. Um, but it's something that's still happening today. 
Um, Christians are living and dying every day for the sake of other people hearing the good news um, or for the sake of just sticking to their guns. Um, I'm sure in the days ahead we'll be hearing stories emerge out of places like Afghanistan and uh, and historically we've heard it from all around the world. People who pay the ultimate price because they say Jesus is the one true Lord and I'm not going to change my tone no matter how mm. hard it gets. It's crazy. We uh, In another part of the world, we have a friend who has escaped from a dangerous country uh, just to feel God leading him back to that country to proclaim the good news. Uh, he, We were re- having a conversation a week ago today, um, and he was sending some recordings over uh, one of the messenger apps, and he said, yeah, I know that going back to this country is going to come at a great cost to me, that it'll be risking my life, but I know it's what God's calling me to do. And I'm like, oh, that more Christians would just say those words. <laughs> I know it's a great risk. I know the cost is heavy, but I go because that's where the Lord wants yeah. me to go. In his homeland, he was threatened to be killed by his family mm. because of his conversion to Christ. He was called an apostate in Islam, uh, but he refused to deny Jesus and had to flee for his life. Um, in the regions where his heart is, where he's desiring to work, where he is working, there's been terrorist attacks, bombings. Mm. And yet, he says, I will go because who else will? Right. He's willing. Liter- literally who else? Nobody. Is no. Going. This is unprecedented initiatives. No. no. There, there are few to none who would do such a thing. Giving his life for the gospel. I think of Revelation, all these scriptures that are, be faithful unto death. Mm. And those who are beheaded for Christ will reign with Christ. Mm. Those martyrs who give everything. So we just wanted to share these stories in honor of our brothers and sisters who risk their lives. They risk the reward of martyrdom, you could say, which is a funny phrase, Mm. uh, because it is a rewarding as Revelation says, it's a rewarding step that some have taken and continue to take, like those in history, such as Jim Elliott, mm. who, for the sake of the uncontacted, the unreached, the frontier people groups of the Amazon, went and was speared to death with four other friends. Mm. And his blood was shed on those lands. Then their wives courageously went in and proclaimed the gospel and led the tribe of the Waodani to Christ. I actually met the guy who speared him. He put a thumbprint signature in a book that I have. And what a legacy mm. of of what happens when people are martyred. Like the early church quote, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, said by Tertullian. Mm. Meaning, when the blood is shed of believers, the church grows mm. in size and in number. It multiplies. We see this in China as believers are multiplied. We see this worldwide in the midst of st- struggling, suffering, and persecution, the church is growing. Martyrdom is doing this. It's it, We see this historically. When the blood of believers is shed in certain places, the church grows. Believers multiply. I think people see the authenticity. They see that they have something I don't have. They'll die for their God. I need that. And... We, and it's it's not an it's not an obligation. No, it's you know, a joy. You might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, there's there's a lot of people who will die for what they believe. Uh, I think in this case, and I know 
I'm biased, but I think it's different because you hear stories of these people not dying out of obligation, not dying out of duty, not dying out of hate, but dying in joy, yes. worshiping Jesus as they're as they experience death, like in the moment of death, they're worshiping Jesus. It's like Stephen in the book of Acts noted as the first martyr um, in the early church. He stood up, proclaimed the gospel message. People were infuriated and stoned him to death. And while he was being stoned, he looked up into heaven and saw the glory of God while Jesus was standing. Mm at the right hand of the throne of God standing. The only time in scripture we see Jesus standing. I think he was standing, applauding Stephen's act of obedience and his joy. And I, I see Jesus as, is just applauding him and Stephen filled with joy saying, yeah, I'm ready to see my King face to face. I've given everything. And, um, I, I think that is a good transition into what is the word martyr even mean and where did it come from? Yeah. Um, so it actually has its roots in the Greek language. Yes. And uh, so it's a word that shows up in the scriptures and, uh, and it's currently translated in English as the word witness. So we see that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Judea Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses. So the word, it literally means witness. Mm. Now, why on earth, like when we think of the word martyr, we have very different connotations than the word witness. The Greek word actually is martus. It's literally trans martyr. Mm -hmm. But our word martyr today seems to be different than the word witness today. Um, so how did that develop? Well, the actual correct word is witness. The correct meaning is witness. And that's like a witness in a court case. Yeah. So people would be in a court of law as a witness to proclaim, here's what I saw. Hmm. And so the early followers of Jesus would begin to proclaim what they saw, what they experienced. Jesus really did die and he really did rise from the dead. He's really alive. He appeared to me. I saw him or he changed my life. And they became known as witnesses. Mm. It's almost like Jesus was sending them out into the world as their courtroom. Mm. The world is the courtroom. I want you to go and proclaim what you've experienced everywhere. Literally just tell what you've seen and heard and yes. felt like you're a witness of right. these things. It's pretty simple. Go and proclaim your testimonies. You're, you're a witness. Go tell them what happened. Yeah. And so that began to take place and persecution increased. Mm. People suffered. People were tortured. People were put in prison. People were even killed for the gospel. And therefore, as this happened, we became we we got the word martyr as we know it today. Witness right. became equated with martyr because those who witnessed for Jesus were killed for Jesus. And the word became known because they would actually literally be put in court on trial and say, yes, I follow Jesus. Mm. In the courtroom. Pretty fascinating etymology, like the history of that word and how it be, how it goes from meaning a witness in a court case to meaning someone who gives their life for Christ. Because they were both happening. They had to right. in that case. And um, it's wild to think about those days. Um, there was a Roman emperor named Nero. And this is in those days when this shift started to take place or this meaning comes from. 
um, Paul the Apostle was still alive. In fact, it's when he wrote 2 Timothy to Timothy. And he tells Timothy, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Now, when he writes this, Paul himself was in prison for the gospel. And Timothy and Paul would have had images of Emperor Nero, mm-hmm. I believe, because it was the same time. And what was happening? Well, there was a great fire. It was the great fire of Rome in history, which insanely burned down two-thirds of the city of Rome, wildly destroyed it. And Nero blamed it on the Christians, and a great persecution arose. In fact, this emperor was so evil that he would round up Christians, put them on stakes, and burn them alive to light up his garden orgies. Crazy stuff. So we see these kinds of things happening and we get the word martyr you're going to be put on trial and you're going to be accused of being a follower of jesus and you're going to say yes i am here's what i've seen yeah you know as we discuss this word and as we take note of all of the real life martyrs that still exist in our world today and will continue to exist in our world today especially as persecution increases as we approach the end of the end of days I think that it's important for us to take note of how how far we've come from this willingness to put in everything for Christ. Mm. Um, there are those still out there, it seems like, who are willing to go all in and live every day and die to themselves. You know, like uh, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is your this is this is your act of worship. Right, So you're willing to live and give yourself, dying to yourself every day for the sake of Christ. There are still those who mm. exist in the world today. But man, it seems like we have gotten, we've gotten so far away from the everyday follower of Jesus being called a witness to the degree that they, we might have this etymological change to the word martyr. Yeah, I agree. Um, we were just talking with a friend of ours. Uh, we won't share his name nor will we share the country he's from for his security. Uh, But this man of God was kidnapped by ISIS at one point in his life. And we won't share all the details, but Jesus appeared to him and helped him escape. Hmm. He was a former Muslim, had given his life to Christ, radically changed, um, because someone had shared a Bible with him and told him to read it and told him about Jesus. And he realized that the Jesus he read in the scriptures was different than what he had thought was true. And he said, I need this in my life. And that led to kidnap by ISIS, escape, um, had to escape again from that region. And he's now having a lot of opportunities to challenge and encourage believers in the church, especially here in the West. And he says, man, we need more boldness. Mm. People are asleep. We need an alarm to wake up the church to the reality of the world. He's like, they don't realize that this persecution is actually other people's everyday reality. Right. Our, our few instances of difficulty, maybe suffering, maybe, are the everyday experience, the everyday reality of everyone else who follows Jesus around the globe. Right. There are literally people every day who have to count the cost in a very literal way 
Today, I might not have enough to eat because I decided to follow Jesus. Today, my life is at risk because I've decided to follow Jesus. Like these are real risks for real people every day. Meanwhile, at home, we have six Bibles on the shelf, all collecting dust, and we won't even open our mouth to share the good news of Jesus with our neighbor for fear of offending them. Sorry. It's wild. It's uh, not something to be sorry about. Um, it's true. <laughs> And our brothers and sisters give their lives for Jesus, and with great joy. Mm. Great hardship, but great joy. Yeah. And I learn from them constantly and look up to them. Yes, Jesus is our ultimate hero, but these are also heroes to me. Mm. And I think, man, I have a lot to learn from our brothers and sisters who are risking their very life for Jesus day after day uh, because their hearts burn with God's heart for those who have yet to even hear his name. This brother of ours had said that as he became a follower of Jesus and began to tell others, he's like 99% of them had never even heard of him. Mm. They had no idea. He shared a story of going to one person's house in a village, knocking on the door, talking with them and saying, hey, do, do you know Jesus? And the woman was like, well, let, let me get my husband. I'm newer. I just got married to this to this man, and I'm newer in this area. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe he knows where Jesus lives. <laughs> she thought he was a neighbor. And it's like there are people like that all over the globe waiting for someone to tell them. And those who tell them may become martyrs. Mm-hmm. And they will be the promised ones to reign with Jesus in the book of Revelation, those who had been beheaded for Christ. What an honor. What a joy. It's interesting to me how the pendulum swings on different topics throughout history. Um, they swing left. They swing right. They they move back and forth on topics and directions. And at one point in history, this pendulum swung so far in the direction of martyrdom that people were like, let me be a martyr. Let me be a martyr. It's like, whoa, whoa, slow down there, Kimusavi. Like, let's not like kill ourselves over this. Like, yeah, it's good to run away when people are chasing you and killing you. Like, it's good to hide. Like, you could be useful for God's kingdom a little longer, maybe. Right. Uh, Like, yeah, the police are hunting you down to put you in prison. Okay, run away. Like, that happens around the world. Let's Let's teach that. Let's do that. Um, But it swung so far in the direction people are like, take me, I'll die for Jesus. No, take me. I'm running out into the streets to be killed for Christ. And I would rather honestly have that kind of boldness Mm. than where the pendulum has seemingly swung today in the West, which is, I like my couch. Mm, um, Hey, got some chips. I like chips. Uh, Well, I got nothing wrong with a couch and chips. I love them myself. But this compelling call to comfort in our culture that draws us in, pulls us in, and leads us to do nothing for Jesus. Not Sabbath, not rest. That's not what we're talking about. But I'm afraid... We won't even lift a finger. Yeah. I'm afraid to walk across the street and talk to my neighbor about Jesus, let alone be insulted for Christ or suffer for him or be put in prison. Um, It's interesting to me. I'm not saying he's right or wrong, but I I do appreciate the boldness. Uh, The church in Canada... Recently, the pastor stood up for their church gathering. Um, I think, honestly, we need more boldness like that. He's been put in prison because he defied the government mandate that they can no longer do what they do as a church because Jesus commanded them to gather and to share the gospel. All of that has been permanently shut down for the unforeseeable future. And he said, okay, enough's enough. We're not going to do this forever. He's been put in prison. 
right here in the Western Hemisphere. Right. But that's few and far between, yet he took a stand for Christ. Yeah. And I think, man, more often than not, we won't stand for Jesus no matter what it looks like. It's like, well, um, I'm afraid to talk to my friends. I'm afraid right. to talk to my family. I'm afraid to talk to my neighbor or I don't, I'm not going to do it. We've almost been lulled to sleep. And it's like people have been throwing this phrase around a lot. Wake up, you know, wake up. The government's doing this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know what your social media feeds look like. That's <laughs> what my social media feed look like all the time. Hey, you guys wake yet? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like. Man, if only we as Christians, though, would actually wake up and we would we would like see what God is up to in this world. Like we we can't. Oh, my goodness. Like there's just just the image in my head of like the church asleep. Imagine if we woke up and we just did the things that Jesus told us to do. Imagine the way that the world would look. Imagine how our states and our cities and our country would look. Imagine how the rest of the world could look. I mean, if we just weren't asleep. I don't want to be caught asleep when Jesus returns. He warns the church time and time again. He warns his disciples, be sober-minded, hmm. be alert. I'm coming back. Stay awake. Yeah. Make sure your lanterns are filled. Hmm. Be ready. Oh, that we would be ready. Oh, that we and would be ready. And I believe we can be by giving Jesus everything and taking his mission seriously. Hmm. Um, John the Baptist was called out by God to prepare the way of the Lord. He fulfilled that prophecy as Jesus came the first time. I wonder if we can prepare the way of the Lord for his second coming hmm. by being awake, by reaching the remaining unreached people groups who have yet not heard the name of Christ as our brothers and sisters are giving their very lives for that. Hmm. I think of John Chow. A lot of controversy around his life, but he tried. Right. He's he, the guy who went to Sentinelese Island. Yeah, in the Andaman Islands, Sentinelese tribe. Yeah. Uh, uncontacted tribe, you could call it, although they've been contacted a few times throughout history. Um, frontier, unengaged people group, 0% Christianity, nobody actively engaging them with the gospel. And God burned it on his heart, uh, and he decided to go. Now, there are a lot of debates on he could have done it more wisely. Yeah, he probably could have. But you could or argue, maybe not. You could argue that about Jim Elliot too. Yeah. And um he tried. He shed his blood f- for the mission. Yeah. And it really depends on your definition of wisdom if you yes. if, if he could have done it wiser. <laughs> um you could say maybe he could have taken a few more months to go there a few more times and drop gifts. Ultimately it was highly likely no matter which way he went about it that he was going to be killed for this. Mm. And if you read his journals online, you can see that he was ready for that. Mm. He was ready to be martyred for Christ, no matter what it looked like. He was passionate about Jesus and carried God's heart for the unreached. I wonder, Matthew twenty four fourteen, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations, all people groups, and then the end will come. This good news of Jesus as king will be proclaimed everywhere to every tribe. And I like that word testimony again that's that court language it's going to happen through witnesses those who proclaim and are willing to die for christ all over the globe and then the end will come if you listen to the beginning of this podcast fuel for the harvest you hear a voice that says that that quotes that that voice is billy graham Mm. because he also was passionate about the unreached and proclaiming the gospel he he went to so many nations and his goal was to reach people in cities and see them come to christ and then be compelled to go out into the unreached regions and 
that is the voice we have at the beginning of this podcast and the introduction to each episode. And it's our heartbeat that more laborers would be raised up to carry the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth everywhere. And I believe, what if we could actually prepare the way of the Lord for his second coming by staying awake to what is going on in the world by engaging Jesus and engaging his mission for everybody? Yeah. I wonder if it's this... uh... I, th- I wonder if it's the same spirit that would criticize a young man for giving everything to Jesus for, for Jesus. I, I wonder if it, sorry, when I say the same spirit, I mean like the same attitude, p- attitude and point of view. I wonder if it's that same attitude and point of view that's lulled us into this sense of complacency. Mm. I find that when people criticize something, uh, Thomas, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy who he was one of the presidents, uh, he was one. He was a Roosevelt, but not FDR. What, who's the other? Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, sorry, it took me so long to get there. He has this amazing quote about how there's always going to be critics about how the man in the ring is like do, uh, fighting the fight, but none of them are in the ring fighting the fight. Mm. They're they're all standing on the outside being critical, and it's like you could have done it better. You could have done it this way. You could have yeah. done it that way. Meanwhile, they're sitting on their uh, lazy tail ends not doing anything and it's like if you're going to sit here and criticize some kid for trying <laughs> to give everything for the sake of other people coming to know the Jesus he loves man then uh, I better ask you what are you doing to yeah, reach that what tribe? in the world if you have a strategy and a plan then okay I'll happily listen to your insight, your criticism and say join the team right let's but go let's get them reached if you don't have a plan to reach them tread cautiously yeah or don't tread at all honestly um god has called all of us to fulfill the great commission to reach every nation with the gospel so we encourage you pray for those who are going to the most dangerous places which is many places around the world in this current age this current generation this current time of history there is more persecution and martyrdom than all of the prior centuries combined. Hmm. So you think it was bad with Emperor Nero running down Christians and rounding them up and putting them on stakes and burning them alive to light up his garden orgies and that sounds like some wild times and you think, man, that was bad back then. Guess what? Multiply it times 25, I don't know, times a million today. We don't know. It's more today than it was then. All of the other centuries from the time of Jesus to the modern combined are less persecution, suffering, and martyrdom than is happening right now today. Mm. And so it is increasing. But what a joy. As Paul said in Philippians, I long that I could share in the sufferings and share in the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ that I might also attain the fellowship of his resurrection from the dead. Mm. Like, I want to be in the fellowship of Jesus that's in his suffering, in the cross. There's a nearness, I think, that comes to Jesus in the midst of difficulty, trials, and suffering Mm. that's different than in comfort. Yes, he's with us always. Yes, he's with us in our comfort and our good good times. But in the bad and the suffering, especially for the sake of Christ and his mission, there's a nearness of Jesus that I believe is unique. Mm. And... There's a promise to be had there that he'll be with us to the very end, no matter what that end looks like. He was with Stephen standing, applauding over his life 
because of his step of obedience. Your step may look like that. It might be smaller. Jesus will applaud over that, Mm. I believe. And it's just your willingness. He looks at your heart and your willingness proven by your actions to stand up for Christ and stand in boldness for Christ. Paul prayed often. I think he struggled with fear from time to time. Uh, And that's why he says, pray for me that I may proclaim the gospel fearlessly as I ought or boldly as I should, depending on your translation. And we see this prayer a lot. He says to Timothy, who probably also struggled with fear, maybe you could call him Timid Timothy. He's like, hey, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I think of the power of God to go out in boldness and love people and the soundness of mind to be sober and alert and open to when Jesus is coming and what he wants to do now. So look at these scriptures and say and realize that Jesus will applaud your obedience. He promises to be with you to the end, to give you the fullness of joy and the nearness of his fellowship and suffering and identifying with the cross, with the crucifixion, with his sufferings, with with his floggings, with every spit that was dropping on his face, with every word that was coming against him and insulting him, with every thorn that was shoved into his head as blood dripped down his face, and every fist that beat him and made him unrecognizable, with every one of the three nails that were pounded into his hands and his feet, with every last breath that he breathed and every breath he couldn't breathe because of the cross as he was likely dying of suffocation, maybe a bit of heart failure. Jesus will offer you his nearness and his fellowship in the midst of suffering. So remember that. And remember for our brothers and sisters who live out that reality every single day, wondering if that's the day they're going to die for Christ, if they're going to make it to the next, if they'll be the next martyr. Pray for them. Pray for them. If you ever meet anyone or come across them, encourage them in their faith. And uh, this is what it requires to finish the mission that Jesus has sent us to finish. Mm. And, man, what a joyous occasion on this 100th episode to celebrate those who are giving everything for the gospel. Mm. I look up to them day after day. Me too. Thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the fact that there are those who are Mm. willing to give it all. Um, Lord, may it be so for more of us, for more people in more places who would live every day and be willing to die every day for the sake of you and others coming to know you. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for everyone who has given their life. You're good. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining this episode of Fuel for the Harvest. It's been a great joy. If you would, please, again, unsubscribe and resubscribe. It helps the algorithms, and we really want to get the message out to more people. We've been hitting more nations, which is exciting, but we want to hit more still. So thank you so much for your support and for listening. God bless you.